Assalamu alaikum, this is Maliha Mahmoud. Welcome to Muslim Health Talk, a place to discuss natural ways of healing and health and wellness and finding that balance that the Prophet wasallam so beautifully um, provided for us. Um, just give a few tips on raising kids. So this episode will cover raising children, especially focusing on boys. Here I am in this beautiful, warm um, July day. I hope all of you are having a, a wonderful break or at least taking a minute away just to take care of yourself because I know as moms, we can get a little bit um, overwhelmed with all that we have, especially when we have not just one, but two or three boys back to back. And coming from a family where I was raised with many sisters, and in the middle of us, there was a boy, a brother. <laughs> but when, it, when that occurs, the characteristics of that boy doesn't necessarily come out, right? He ends up being very gentle and kind and understanding and quiet. And so when I got married, and I was blessed with um, one boy after another after another, it was kind of a shock to me. I didn't know how to discipline this child, I, these children, these little kids, these little babies, toddlers. I didn't know, um, you know, when to, how to get them to cooperate because they were always running around, um, fighting with each other, <laughs> um, questioning authority. And I didn't want to discipline them in a way where it might you know, do some damage, and then in the future, they'd end up becoming adults that were probably not, you know, the most positive people out there. So I was very curious to know how I can manage to take care of all these little rough and tumbling, <laughs> curious little boys. So as usual, I would I went and I read as many books as I could, and through the, the talk, I will give you at least five or six books that I highly recommend that will help um, in raising little boys. But a few things I do want to point, point out that I will focus on is that there are four things that, I, that are really important to focus on when raising little boys. The first is that boys are just like girls, but even more so, boys are very, seem very fidgety. They, they're always on the move. They, they are curious. They want to um, discover things. They want to try new things. So they need a place where they can get messy, where they can um, uh, discover things, where can, they can try new things, where they can... Uh, you know, not be told, don't do that and don't do this. And when I was raising my kids, of course, we were living in an apartment as most of young couples do. But I realized soon enough that I needed an area in the outdoors that my boys can go and play in the dirt and try to climb the trees and have little chickens and... um chicks and kittens and puppies, whatever they, they wanted to 
interact with or even just their um, sticks and blocks and other things. And so we bought a place with a big backyard, totally gated, so I knew where they were, but at least they had the freedom to go out there and just make new discoveries. And this is very important for boys because they are full of energy. And the sad part is we live in a society where the institutions have taken away or have um, cut back on physical education or times of um, outdoor breaks in between classes. And we're expected to have boys to sit still, to focus for about eight hours a day. And I personally think that is not doable. It's not even doable for me, who's a mom, who's an adult. When I listen to a lecture, after about a half hour to 40 minutes, I lose my focus. I start, um, um, my mind starts wandering. I get restless. And so I can't imagine little curious children wanting to or being able to sit quiet for X amount of hours. So boys need a place to roam around, a free place to discover and do things without being scolded or yelled at or any of that stuff. So number one would be make sure you have a place for your boys to wander around and discover and have fun every single day, not just on the weekends or, or when you are able to drive them there. It should be very easily accessible. Number two, all children will read eventually. All children will catch up to where they're expected to read proficiently. At institutions or at schools, they're expected to learn I think by the age of seven, they're expected to learn and read proficiently. But unfortunately, this is not the case with boys. And in my experience, I have three boys. So my first son was the um, sweet and smart and well-behaved little boy who ended up learning how to read at the age of four proficiently. Of course, we as parents thought, we did an amazing job, and I wish I could take credit for it, but honestly, I, I don't think I can. And we thought maybe he had, was our little genius. <laughs> I think most of us do think that with our first. But soon enough, um, my second son actually learned proficiently at the age of nine. And yes, I was a bit scared because I thought there must be something not okay if he's not interested in reading and he's struggling and he's not at par where they expect him to be because in school they actually have levels like this is where you need to be at three-year-old this is where you need to be when you're four this is how much you need to have learned by the age of five and six and so on and so learning how to read proficiently at the age of nine is not acceptable if a child is in school. Fortunately, alhamdulillah, I homeschooled my kids. Not for this reason, but for the reason, for many other reasons. And so I was able to say, you know, I know my child. When I ask him questions from a book that I read or a, a chapter that I read, he is able to answer 
all the questions in detail with understanding and has amazing um, uh, opinion on what he has just heard. So I know that he understands and I know that he's listening. Those are not the issues. It must be that maybe it's not his time. Maybe he, he's not ready to read. Maybe he needs a little bit more time. Maybe there's a different approach I have to take in order for him to be motivated. And sure enough, boys learn at different stages. Not every boy learns at the age of six or seven proficiently how to read and how to write and, and all that stuff. Some learn at a later level, but my two boys, the older one being able to read at four and the second one being able to read at nine, later on when they were in high school, their level of understanding of English, of reading, of grammar, of writing an essay was pretty much the same, if not the second one being a little bit ahead. Then came my third son, and... Um, I was still homeschooling my kids and he had, he didn't have difficulty. He just wasn't kind of interested in reading because he had so many books on tapes that he loved to listen to. And while he was listening to them, he would do other things like make Legos and draw amazing pictures and do origami. And so he didn't feel the need to read yet. And my, uh, our homeschooling charter educational specialist was a little bit worried. And I, by that time, I was totally comfortable. And I said, I know um, it's different for each child. Uh, my oldest one learned really early on, and my second one learned later on. But it has nothing to do with their in intellect or their uh, ability to succeed. And so when, when I was kind of, you know, pressured to show that he does or he can um, live up to the expectation of his grade, I sat down with him. And I read to him like I always would. I've, I've read to all my kids from when they were born. And that's something that one of the books that I do recommend um, talks about and how important it is. And that book is called The Read Aloud Handbook by Jim. I'm, I'm, I hope I'm saying the name right. Treelies. The Read Aloud Handbook. It's a really amazing book and I highly recommend that. So I sat down with him and I read with him and I kind of just pointed to the words as he looked at them and I asked him to do the same. And within like a week, his level of proficiency went up really high to the point where the teacher was amazed. So when a boy is ready, when a child is ready to read, they will jump, like their scores will jump. It, it's not um, that, that if they learn at an earlier age, they're smarter or they're brighter or they're whatever. Each child learns at their own pace. And, um, and we just, as parents, need to be forgiving and allow them to grow at their own pace. So my second advice is that all children will learn how to read, but we have to allow them the time and the, and the space to be able to do it in their own time and place, you know, time and space, not to push them. Number three would be that boys, just like girls, need affection. They need love. They need kisses and hugs every single day. So usually 
when we look at a little boy and he's rough and he's and he's loud and he's a little rambunctious, we assume that they're tough. So unconsciously or without even thinking, um, I did this for sure. Um, I would hug my little girl more. I would um, kiss her more. And so I realized after reading certain all these books that I was telling you that this is not the case. This this should not be the situation. They might necessarily not want the hug or the kiss when they become like 10 or 11, but they always need it. So I make it a point that every morning when I wake up and I see my kids and um, my older ones are, are in college right now. And so they're in front of the computer doing uh, summer, you know, classes that they took in on that they're taking online. And even then, I will go up to them and I will kind of ask them, are you, do you have your camera on? <laughs> if not, or if you can just turn off for a minute, I want to give you a hug and a kiss and, and say good morning. And, and they really do resonate towards it. And they, 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 I feel like it does so much, not just for me, but for them. And I do this every morning. Somewhere, I think my one of my boys has, had read that for we need to give each other a hug for 22 seconds, I believe. And when we do, this does amazing things. And it just makes you feel so much better. It, um, it makes you feel secure and needed and loved. So no matter how old boys are, we have to constantly, you know, give them affection just as we would a girl. And this is very, very important. And the last thing, but not least for sure, um, never allow anyone to give your boy, your son that's growing up and hasn't totally developed yet and is going through all kinds of stages, never allow them to give your son a label. Right now, we live in a society where there are so many four-letter labels that we put ADHD, um, you know, hyperactive uh, sensitivity, or you name it. There's a, a label for anything, and any child does, that does not fit inside the little box that um, they have the expectation of the, of the ideal student. And I want you to really, I want you guys to really think about this. When a child is growing up from the age of birth up until, oh, I would say um, up until college, there are many stages that they go through. They are growing up, which means that they haven't fully developed. And so if one day or if one month or if at a moment in their life they don't cooperate or they cannot focus or they cannot sit still or they cannot um, comprehend something. It doesn't mean that they have a disorder. They most likely are going through a certain stage depending on what's happening in their life. And so for us to label them will make them think that I do have this problem. So the confidence that we give to them in believing in them in letting them know that they can do it, or actually, to, or on the other hand, telling them that they have an issue, that is what they take in and they absorb and they believe in themselves. So let me give you an example. Um, one year, 
I was hoping to take like a, a month break, I think. So I put my two younger children, a boy and a girl, into a summer camp. And summer camps don't usually have teachers that are qualified, I guess you can say. They're just certain people that, or maybe, I don't know, it didn't work out for us this time. And after the second day, my son was labeled. So my daughter was the perfect little girl who did whatever she had to do, who was um, the one that was an example for the rest of the class. But my son was labeled, um, I think, hyperactive or ADHD or something like that. And I was really, really hurt. I mean, I know that my son is not the most easy, per- easiest child to deal with, uh, but I don't know if I would go as far as to label him something. And I thought about it, and, and what, what came to me is, um, speaking to after speaking to a teacher that I know and trust, she said, this teacher who has labeled your child, has she test, tested your son for this disorder? And I said, no, of course not. I haven't given her permission or th- th- this never came up. It's just a summer camp. No one has the right to label your son unless you've given them permission to test them for it and they've tested for it and that is what has been has come out so even if it's just kind of um, interacting with other families and um, you know other parents not being able to get your child to cooperate for whatever reason they do not have the right to label your child and you as a parent no matter how much you're guessing, your parenting should not, you should not allow them to persuade you to think that that label is true. You should try your best to um, have a positive um, outlook on your child, no matter what. Maybe that incident is, it's definitely something that just happened today. Maybe it's something that he's going through and he needs a little bit of more um, help or attention or love. I always think like when, when there's an issue, the more love you give a child, the more you make them feel like they're needed and wanted, they will slowly open up to you and the situation, you know, the problem can be solved. And so never allow a person to label your child. Your child is growing. Your child is changing. Your child will get over this stage, inshallah. So those are the four tips I have. One, find a place, a free backyard place where your child can run and roam and discover and make a mess. Two, all children will read, so just be patient with when they are ready to read proficiently. Three, boys need hugs and kisses and um, compassion just as much as girls, if not more. And four, do not allow anyone to label your child. There are a few books I would love to recommend because I still hold on to them even after my kids are older and my youngest son is in college, I mean, in high school. Um, the first book that I would recommend is Raising Cain by 
Dan Kindlin and Michael Thompson. And it talks about the difference between boys and girls and just understanding their characteristics and really gives you a good idea, especially if you're raised in a family with not that many boys so you don't understand their traits. The second is Boys Adrift by Dr. Leonard Sachs. And I highly recommend Dr. Leonard Sachs because I've taken a few of his workshops, a weekend workshops, and I have gained so much understanding and love um, for his knowledge, um, for his, for the way he sees um, raising boys and girls should be. He has um, decades of of expertise. Uh, number three would be a book called "Hold On to Your Kids" by Dr. Gaber Mate, and he, he's amazing too. Uh, there's so much I can say, but his understanding of just spirituality and how uh, in nature boys should be and, and just humans in general is, is important to, to read his book. Um, number four would be, another book would be Taking the War Out of Your Words by Sharon Ellison. This is a really good book to have, not just for your kids, but just to be able to interact with others, but especially focusing on your kids. So when they, when they um, question you and they um, don't listen to you, instead of Yelling back, this book kind of teaches you what to say and how to react. So taking the war out of your words is is a good book to have. And the last book that I had mentioned before is called The Read Aloud Handbook, which will help you not only do what you need to do to um, have your kids interested in reading and learning and understanding and writing, but also has a whole list of books that are recommended for kids depending on their age and their books are amazing so read aloud handbook by jim trelis so to wrap it up um there's so much to say about raising children Um, i have two in college right now and two in high school and so my my um my parenting has yet to stop and I, and I love parenting, and it's been an adventure, and there's always something to say. But these are the four tips that, that just came in mind that I felt like were very, very important, and I wanted to share them before um, they would leave my mind. And I hope you guys have benefited. Um, I would love to hear from you. Otherwise, um, have a wonderful, warm, nice day, and I'll talk to you guys soon. Assalamu alaikum. for joining me, Maliha Mahmoud, on Muslim Health Talk. Please do check us out. We're on Twitter, Instagram, and our website, muslimhealthtalk.com. Assalamu alaikum 